Hello everyone, I am so thankful that y'all have been on this healing journey with me regarding my own sexual novelty. And this is what I need to say. And I can be honest with you. About a minute ago, I stopped with the seeing of mainstream porn for good. In terms of most of it. In fact, I haven't found any that's ethical. And you know, I know that I've done episodes talking against most mainstream porn. The reason why I stopped is because the last understanding I needed in order for me to be away from it for good is that I understand that Most people are not worth watching sexually regarding mainstream porn, uh, Hollywood movie sex scenes, uh, television sex scenes as well. Most of those actors and actresses in the porn world and Hollywood world, whenever they simulate sex, are not worth watching because unethical sex is never worth watching. And unethical sex is never worth self-pleasuring to. Unethical sex is never worth masturbating to. Unethical sex is never worth having psychological fantasies over. Um, So that was the last understanding I needed to stop. Um, And then what I also chose to do is to, to recognize in my heart that it's possible that there may not be an ethical porn outlet for me, mainstream porn, in terms of performing in it, in it, you know, as well. And I have learned to accept that instead of feeling hopeless about it. Um, and then another thing was... So actually, I've really learned that that I don't have to trauma trigger myself. I don't have to traumatize myself because I was taught to when I was five. And I've learned that staying away from the mainstream porn helps me to stay away from the symbolism of unethical sex because the organized crime figures showed me that in person, in terms of actually doing it, and 
They showed me magazine and video versions of the unethical sex to support unethical sex in general. So let me stay away from mainstream porn. A lot of it is staying away from any trace or hint or a clue of the organized crime world. So staying away from one is also staying away from the other. So I stay away from like a lot of mainstream porn. I'm basically staying away from the organized crime part of my past that was forced to be there against my will. And then I also um, I learned so much. For example, I have learned, like I said in the previous episode to not masturbate to a lot of mainstream pornography magazines videos and imagery I've learned not to have those fantasies in my head even when I masturbate to it in my head without seeing mainstream porn at the time so I've learned that there I've learned who to masturbate to who not to masturbate to what to masturbate to, what not to masturbate to. Um, who and what sexual fantasies to have, who and what sexual fantasies not to have. Who to, who and what to self-ejaculate to, and who and what not to self-ejaculate to. I've learned those things, and I, I have learned that unethical sex, unethical sex partners on camera, off camera, are never worth are never worthy of my ejaculation, never worthy of my masturbation, never worth, never worthy of my fantasizing, and never worthy of my viewership, and never worthy of my typing, and never worthy of my search history. So learning these things just now is really freeing. And then what also what I figured out is this, that I am a person that has fully allowed my being a chivalrous gentleman to women and girls to fully sink in. Um, It was sinking in more and more consciously the more I healed, but the more I thought about the treatment of girls and women verbally and the non-verbal treatment of women and girls, today I just said no more. I decided to never again go outside of my nature, to never again betray my nature, because I was taught to as a child. Um, I was taught to make my nature unnatural to myself, so I decided that unethical sex is unnatural to my nature. Unethical sex partners are unnatural to my nature. Um, filmed unethical sex and filmed unethical sex partners are all unnatural to my nature. And it's all unnatural to my nature to self-pleasure, masturbate, ejaculate, and fantasize unethical sex and unethical sex partners on and off camera. So once I learned my nature, I said, okay, that is going to cause me to go, no, never again will I purposely do those things. So, I can honestly say my my search history has been cleared. Um, All the download history is gone. And I put filters up. It's simple. I just don't entertain the thoughts of it. That's the best way to filter out 
unethical adult content is to not entertain the thought. I've learned not to make unethical sexual thoughts to take me captive. Those are the thoughts I choose to never obey. Um, And I've also learned that, for example, and this is really helpful to a lot of people for what am I about to say. Unethical sex and unethical sex partners are, whether they're on camera or off camera, they're both anti-love, anti-joy, anti-peace, anti-patience, anti-kindness, anti-goodness, anti-faithfulness, anti-gentleness, anti-self-control, anti-charity, anti-modesty. Um, I'll take it a step further. They're both anti-sexual love, anti-sexual joy, anti-sexual peace, anti-sexual patience, anti-sexual kindness, anti-sexual goodness, anti-sexual faithfulness, anti-sexual gentleness, anti-sex, anti-sexual self-control, anti-sexual charity, anti-sexual modesty. Um, they're both anti-generosity and anti-sexual generosity. Um, They're both anti-compassion, anti-sexual compassion. They're both anti-empathy and anti-sexual empathy. They're both anti-neighborliness, anti-sexual neighborliness. So I've learned that unethical sex, unethical sexual partnerships, unethical sexual partners teach people to indulge the flesh wrongly instead of rightly. It gives people a warped freedom instead of true freedom. And it teaches people to gratify the desires of the flesh in all the wrong ways instead of gratifying the desires of the flesh in all the right ways. So unethical sex teaches people to have anti-humanity flesh which is contrary to the humane spirit and it teaches the humane spirit um, to befriend the anti-humanity flesh now I'm not anti-flesh I love the flesh I think the flesh is beautiful however I don't believe in cursing the flesh. I believe in blessing the flesh. I don't believe in cursing the spirit. I believe in blessing the the spirit. And I'm not being religious when I say that. I'm just talking about how unethical sex teaches people to have an unhealthy relationship with their flesh and the fleshes of other people. Unethical sex does not teach people to have a healthy relationship with their flesh and a healthy relationship with other people's flesh. Unethical sex teaches people that the flesh and the spirit our arch nemesis is no. Ethical sex teach people that the flesh and the spirit can both be humane and both be humane comrades together. And then um, I've, I've learned that um, 
Unethical sex promotes sexual lying, sexual stealing, sexual greed, sexual cheating, sexual white living, the bad kind, uh, sexual murder, sexual envy, sexual arrogance, sexual dissension, sexual self-ambition, sexual anger, sexual jealousy, sexual discord, sexual hatred, the bad type of sexual lust, um, sexual contamination, and just sexual wrongfulness. Because it also promotes, you know, pro-lying, pro-stealing, pro-greed, pro-cheating, pro-wild-living, the bad kind, uh, pro-murder, pro-envy, pro-arrogance, pro-dissension, pro-selfish ambition, pro-anger, pro-jealousy, pro-discord, pro-hatred, pro-type of bad lust, not the good lust, pro-contamination and pro-wrongfulness so um it teaches people uh sexual idolatry and pro-idolatry it teaches people to be to be of spiritual adultery and physical adultery uh it teaches people the bad type of drunkenness not the good drunkenness it teaches people this bad type of sexual drunkenness not the good type of sexual drunkenness and um you know it teaches people to misuse the occult practice when it comes to sex instead of using it properly um and it also teaches people um to deceive their own sexual nature regarding themselves. Like, it teaches people that if you are gay, make yourself have straight sex, which is wrong. Or if you're straight, make yourself have gay sex, which is wrong. So, when I read, for example, Romans chapter 1, and I know a lot of Believers will be upset with me, but I'm being honest with them about what I have figured out for myself that helps me and people like me out. Um, It's easy to, for example, to read Romans chapter 1 verses... Uh, 24 through 27. So, this is what I've disagree with Paul. Because a loving God would not put you in harm's way. They gave themselves over, not God. That's a better writing because God doesn't make people do stuff. People make themselves do stuff. So we... So I don't think people should blame God for something they clearly chose to do, that they didn't have to do. So that verse is troubling because it, it fails to embrace 
him responsibility, him accountability. It's like, let's blame God for everything. No. You chose to not study for the exam. You gonna blame God for that? No. And so here's what sexual impurity means for me, degrading their bodies. To me, that's definitely rape culture. Rape culture is all about the degradation of the flesh, the degradation of the spirit, the degradation of the mind, the degradation of the heart, the degradation of the memories, the degradation of the soul, and yes, the degradation of the bodies, the degradation of touch, the degradation of smell, the degradation of hearing, the degradation of sight, and the degradation of taste. It's it's basically world domination through via it's world domination via your entire body and your entire soul through the avenue of demonic sexual ritualism I'm not religious when I say that I'm talking about just being pure evil sexually so you know desires are not bad the flesh is not bad People make the flesh bad by being evil, but the flesh is good. Desires are not bad. Again, desires are good. People make desires bad. So hearts are not bad. It's all about what you do with your hearts. So I don't think that this scripture is talking about fornication. Um, I think this scripture is talking about rape culture because... Fornication does not mean degradation. Just because the sex was unmarried, that doesn't mean automatically something bad happened. No, because what if they were ethical? So there's no degradation there. Um, Then it says they exchanged the truth about God for a lie, worship and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. Amen. Um, uh, To me... When I think about that verse, I don't think about the traditional ways of seeing sex the way, for example, people in the Bible Belt would see sex. I think of that and go, well, the thing is they chose not to see the divine, meaning the good and the greater good of the individual. Um, They chose not to see the inner beauty of that person and those people. They chose to try to obliterate the person's inner life and outer life. And they tried to hijack the person completely, the people completely. So I don't get religious when I look at those scriptures. I think of the deeper meaning of there was the objectification of a person's mind, the objectification of a person's heart, the objectification of a person's soul, the objectification of a person's memories, the objectification of a person's memories, the objectification of a person's flesh, the objectification of a person's spirit, the objectification of a person's touch, the objectification of a person's taste, 
objectification of a person's smell, objectification of a person's hearing, and the objectification of a person's sight. That's what that scripture means to me. Then next it says, because of this, God gave them over to shameful lust. No, no, no. We got to be careful how we talk now. I, I just disagree with Paul's style of writing because it makes people go traditional and it fails to point to the deeper meanings of this passage. Now, God doesn't give people over to anything. Um, people give themselves over to stuff. Um, God has nothing to do with people's heartlessness. So again, the writing style is awful. Like, no. Again, where's where is the self-ownership? Not just when you do right, but when you do wrong. I'm not seeing that. So lust is not bad, okay? Healthy lust is always good. This is rape culture lust. There's a difference between healthy lust and rape culture lust. One means mutuality, consensuality, reciprocity. The other means one-sidedness, slavery, and chattel property psychology, okay? So that's what this passage means. This passage is talking about ancient rape culture. And then here's where it really gets controversial. It says, even their women exchange natural sex relations for unnatural ones. No, that, that that's not an indictment on lesbianism now. Because, again, this is about people who... I just want to have power, right? If I want to have abusive power, rape means... I will try to sexually ensnare you. Meaning, I don't care what genitals you have. I don't care what your gender is. I don't care what your sexual orientation is. It's all about the power. So, rape doesn't care what you look like. Rapists don't care. When they want to rape, nothing about you matters to them. Everything about what they want to do to you, illegally... Immorally, that's all that matters to them. So that's not about lesbianism. That is about I want to be a sexual bullying. I want to be a sexual bullying, sexually violent animal. That's it. That's that, and that has nothing to do with gay, nothing to do with lesbianism, nothing to do with bisexuality, nothing to do with queerness at all when you rape when you rape you can't make it a sexual orientation thing you can't make it a well this verse is these verses the reason why lgbt square plus wrong no the difference between beautiful lgbt quiet plus living and i just want to uh torment you and make you feel good about being tormented. One has nothing to do with the other. And by the way, lesbianism is beautiful. Homosexuality is beautiful. Transgenderism is beautiful. Non-binary is beautiful, okay? I'm 
this is what these verses make me think. Then it says, even in the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women were inflamed with lust for one another. Now, no, no, that's not true. Here's why. Everyone's nature is a spectrum. What's natural to you may be unnatural to me. What's unnatural to me may be natural to you. So nature is, human nature is subjective. Everyone's nature is different. You have some people's nature is geared toward monogamy. Some people's nature is geared toward non-monogamy. So, heterosexual bigotry against gay people is what Paul is guilty of. Because... If you are a straight person, then a lot of people are going to think bad about gay people because, well, let's make gay all about sex. No. Gay is about love. It's about joy. Like I said, it's about community, uh, camaraderie. It's about advocacy, activism. It's about uh, sharing, you know, hobbies together and it's all about mutual growth of the community gay is not about sex that's just the icing on the cake but gay is all about inner beauty of people you can have inner beauty regardless of sexual orientation I get that but gay is just about having a heart being a human being that loves life and loves people, loves nature and animals. That's what it means. And not all gay people are artsy. Some are, some not. And both are okay. So I think what the issue is, the gayness is not the issue. So when I think of natural relations with people, I think of the absence of rape culture. And I think of the presence of of enthusiastic consent. I think of the presence of honoring the age of consent. I think of the presence of we are of age in 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 body and in soul, heart and in mind. So we have to think about what is natural sex? To me, natural sex for me means that I establish intimate knowledge of you via the spirit before I establish intimate knowledge of you via the flesh. Spiritual intimate knowledge is number one. Fleshly intimate knowledge is number two. That's healthy, natural relations. Unnatural relations is lying to yourself. It's like you're monogamous and you're making yourself have non-monogamous sex. That is wrong. Or you're non-monogamous trying to make yourself have monogamous sex, which is also wrong. Natural and truthfulness go hand in hand. So if you are a married person, you're not supposed to have unmarried sex because you agreed to only have sex with your mate and that's it 
if you're an unmarried person, you know marriage is wrong for you, and you try to make yourself have married sex, that's bad. And again, let's say you are 100% heterosexual. And you know you're not attracted. Like, if you're a heterosexual woman, don't make your have don't make yourself have sex with a woman because you are 100% heterosexual. You have no business having sex with a woman. So, you're lying to yourself. And if you're 100% gay, but I'm 100% gay man, make myself I'm a 100% gay man. Again, don't make yourself have sex with a woman. You're not capable of being attracted to her. That's wrong. So it's easy to read those scriptures and go, God wants people to be, all people to be straight. No, God wants people to not be sexual hypocrites. If you know you're a certain sexual orientation and you're 100% that, don't go outside that ever because you no one's going to enjoy it and it's all going to suck. Um, okay, God, okay, if you have a certain marital status, okay, look, marriage is never my thing. Don't make yourself have sex with a spouse. It's all going to be shot to shit. And shit's gonna hit the fan because it's shot to shit. Next. Unnatural relations... That's rape culture. Natural relations. Let's talk it out verbally before we talk it out non-verbally. The sex. Verbal conversation. Okay. So, God doesn't want people to um, not establish boundaries of the outer without establishing boundaries of the inner first. And then also what God doesn't want is inflamed with lust, shameful lust. Again, that's rape culture. Because when you delight in lust, when you um, experience warmth with lust, that is how you know everyone is capable of fully understanding what is sexually being conducted. In rape culture, rape culture means you are inflamed with lust, meaning you are trying to make a person experience hell on earth of the body and soul via false sex, which is rape culture. Shameful lust is, I know that you're a human, but I'm going to pretend that you're an animal and use my brute strength on you. And I'm not going to see myself as human because I see myself as an animal. So I'm going to make your brute strength my brute strength to the point where the only brute strength is mine against you. And that's what happens. And then I know it's another thing. It's also degrading that a lot of people don't think that 
healthy lust and healthy love can happen between men amongst themselves, women amongst themselves, and non-binary adults amongst themselves. So, and then it says, men committed shameful acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for the error. No, shameful acts does not mean, oh my God, they have sex with each other. No, 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 no. This is degrading to a lot of male rape survivors, including me, because whether you're raped or not, you are who you are sexually, no matter what. Sexual confusion is not the same as, oh, you're LGBT quite close. No, because rape is about trying to make you something sexually or not. And us survivors, a lot of us are saying through wise counsel, we learn that no matter what happens to us sexually, we are who we are. And no rapist is powerful enough to take away our innate sexual beauty. So we learn, okay, sexual confusion, not understanding That's not an indictment against gay people. That's not an indictment against non-binary people. That's an indictment against the rapists. Rape is not gay. Rape is not non-binary. Rape is not transgenderism. Rape is not lesbianism. Rape is not queerness. Rape is not bisexuality. Rape is not promiscuity. Rape is not fornication. Rape is not adultery. Rape is not premarital sex. Rape is not casual sex. Rape is not promiscuity. Um, Rape is not a one-night stand. Rape is not a booty call. Rape is not a friends with benefits. Rape is not hookup culture. Rape is not social sex. Rape is not anonymous sex. Rape is not cruising for sex. Rape is not cottaging. Rape is not a gay beat. Rape is not dogging the slang. Um... Rape is not a gay bathhouse. Rape is not a bisexual bathhouse. Rape is not an orgy. Rape is not a sex party. Rape is not a brothel. Rape is not prostitution. So, ethical sex between men does happen. Ethical sex between women does happen. Ethical sex between non-binary adults does happen. And ethical sex between men and women does happen. Ethical sex between men and non-binary adults does happen. Ethical sex between women and non-binary adults does happen. So, I noticed they indict, it, it, Paul indicts the men more than the women, so I reject the traditional lens of seeing these scriptures because they talk a little bit about women with other women, but for the most part in the Bible, we see men against men, which I think that sexual heteronormity sexual heteronormativity is wrong uh sexual cis sexism is wrong sexual cisnormativity is wrong sexual amenor- 
heteronormativity is wrong. Uh, sexual heterosexism is wrong. Sexual homophobia is wrong. Sexual transphobia is wrong. Sexual discrimination against transgender men is wrong. Sexual discrimination against transgender women is wrong. Sexual against transgender adults or non-binary are wrong. Um, sexual gay phobia is wrong. Sexual phobia is wrong. Um, and... Um, Sexual toxic masculinity is wrong. Sexual hypermasculinity is wrong. Sexual bravado is wrong. Sexual machismo is wrong. Sexual misogyny is wrong. Sexual sexism is wrong. Um, Sexual male pigness is wrong. Sexual female misogyny is wrong. Um, Sexual misandry is wrong. Sexual male misandry is wrong. Sexual female misandry is wrong. Um, Sexual... Sexualizing patriarchy is wrong. Sexual patriarchy is wrong. Sexual cis hetero patriarchy is wrong. Um, um, sexual trans exclusionary radical feminism is wrong. also is able to understand is that um, a lot of people create sexual gods in quotations that are arrogantly convenient projections of their own wicked plans and wicked decrees, which is what rape culture is all about. It's a warped sexual convenience, warped sexual plans, warped sexual decrees, warped sexual creations, warped sexual maintenance too. And then when it talks about receiving themselves to do penalty for their error, I think that's an indictment against sexual bullying culture, sexual violence culture, sexual harassment culture, sexual assault culture, rape culture, molestation culture, pedophilia culture, incest culture. 
statutory rape culture, non-consenting exhibitionism culture, non-consenting voyeurism culture, fraternism uh, culture, child-on-child sexual abuse culture, adult-on-adult sexual abuse culture, adult-on-child sexual abuse culture, child-on-adult sexual abuse culture, sexual molestation culture, And that's also an indictment against sexual trauma culture, too. That's an indictment against sexual slavery, sex exploitation, sexual exploitation, sex trafficking, and human trafficking. And sex trafficking of children and adults. That's what that indictment, those were all those indictments mean to me. Um, And so, I've learned that It is so important to recognize these other things. They gave themselves over to depraved minds so that they do what ought not to be done. God had nothing to do with that. So rape culture is about becoming filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. Let me be specific. It's about... Being rape culture is about becoming filled with every kind of sexual wickedness, sexual evil, sexual greed, and sexual depravity because of their sexually depraved minds. Rape culture is about being full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and, and malice. Rape culture is about being full of sexual envy, sexual murder, sexual strife, sexual deceit, and sexual malice. Um... Rape culture is the sexual impurity that Paul is really talking about. The sexual sinful desires of their rape culture hearts is what Paul is really talking about. <laughs> yeah, like, it, mean, it means, like I said, the sinful desires of the hearts are the rape culture hearts. The sexual sinful desires of the hearts rape culture hearts. Like I said, Paul is talking about the real sexual impurity, which is rape culture. And in a sense, it's like people who sexually lie to themselves are in a sense sexually raping themselves. And if you sexually lie to others, in a sense, it's like sexually raping others, not to diminish the pain of rape survivors like myself, but that's my creative thinking regarding um, human sexual expressions. Excuse me. (laughs) 
I'm recovering from allergies. So, hey, I'm going to keep this in the recording. So, I burp for y'all to hear. I'm just playing. (laughs) But rape culture is about being gossips. In this case, they are sexual gossips. Sexual slanderers. Sexually insolent. Sexually arrogant. Sexually boastful. They sexually invent ways of doing sexual evil. They disobey sexual wise counsel. They have no sexual understanding, no sexual fidelity, no sexual love, no sexual mercy. Another way to put it, they're gossip, slanderous, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey wise counsel. They have no understanding, no fidelity, no love, and no mercy. This is all of what rape culture is about now. And, um... Also... Those rape culture people... I'm sorry, rape culture animals, because you're not a person if you rape someone. Um, They know that moral excellent decrees... put them in sexual death situations and put them in situations where it's not, it, you know, people, a lot of people want death to pedophiles, which is understandable. I'm not advocating disobeying the law. I'm just saying that's how a lot of people feel, including me. And that's why the death penalty is a hard subject for me. I'm like, man, pedophiles are murders. I just want them executed, but I'm not advocating to disobey the law. I'm just saying, but the feelings are understandable. And they not only continue to do these very sexual things, but also prove those who practice them. And they do the very things, those very things, but also prove those who practice them, meaning um, they hate inner beauty in people. And in a sense... They they feel like the outer beauty of people is why they're sexually sexual sickos and sexual psychos. So um, they don't think it's worthwhile to retain sexual distinctions and sexual discernment. And then lastly, um, I'll address this and I'll conclude the episode for today. Then I'll do another one, my last sex episode tonight. <clears throat> Again, I'm recovering from allergies from clearing my throat. So, but I think about the book of excuse me again I think about the book of Philippians um this is what I tell myself whatever is sexually true whatever is sexually noble whatever is sexually right whatever is sexually wholesome whatever is sexually lovely whatever is sexually admirable 
if anything is sexually excellent or sexually praiseworthy, think about such things. I take it a step further. Whoever is sexually true, whoever is sexually noble, whoever is sexually right, whoever is sexually wholesome, whoever is sexually lovely, whoever is sexually lovely, whoever is sexually admirable, if anyone is sexually excellent or sexually praiseworthy, think about such people. And that's what I do. So now I live a life of ethical sexual television, ethical sexual internet, ethical sexual books, ethical sexual conversations, ethical sexual movies, and ethical sexual magazines, ethical sexual news. I replace harmful unethical sexual input with wholesome ethical sexual material. I focus on my mind on what and who are sexually ethically good. It's my practice worth being done. And I program my mind with sexual thoughts that are true to my sexuality, noble to my sexuality, right to my sexuality, wholesome to my sexuality, lovely to my sexuality, admirable to my sexuality, excellent to my sexuality, praiseworthy to my sexuality. And I program my mind with sexual thoughts that are true to other sexuality, noble to other sexuality, right to other sexuality, wholesome to other sexualities, lovely to other sexualities, admirable to to other sexualities, excellent to other sexualities, and praiseworthy to other, se- other sexualities. Sexually unethical thoughts and sexually unethical daydreams are not my problems. That's why they're not problems for other people. What we put into our sexual minds terms what comes out in our sexual words and sexual actions. <clears throat> so... What we put into our ethical sexual minds determines what comes out in our ethical sexual words and ethical sexual actions. Then it gets deeper. And this is my indictment against rape culture. What we put into our unethical sexual minds determines what comes out in our unethical sexual words and our unethical sexual actions. Remember, ethical sex between men and women does happen. And consider this. that in regards to our thought life or should I say our sexual thought life take captive every sexual thought to make it obedient to inner beauty take captive Every ethical sexual thought to make it obedient to sexual inner beauty. 
When exposed to unethical sexual ideas or unethical sexual opportunities that might lead to wrong sexual desires, you have a sexual choice. You can recognize the sexual danger and turn away, or you can allow unethical sexual thoughts to take you captive. You capture your sexual fantasies and sexual desires when you honestly admit them to yourself and ask yourself, command yourself to redirect your sexual thinking. Make sure you have the spirit of sexual discernment to keep your sexual thoughts ethically and ethical so they could be focused on humane sexual truths. So acknowledge every sexual thought. And if if any of them are unethical, trash them. And yield your ethical sexual thoughts to your ethical sexual hearts. Even our, even our ethical sexual thoughts must be submitted to the control of moral excellence as we live for moral excellence. And I'll say this. Sexual anger in this case refers to a seething, brooding sexual bitterness against someone. Think of rape culture. It is a dangerous sexual emotion that always threatens to leap out of sexual control, leading to sexual violence, sexual emotional hurt, increased sexual mental stress, and spiritual sexual damage. Sexual anger of the sexual bitterness kind keeps us from developing a spirit pleasing to sexual integrity. Uh, Sexual self-control is good, but sexual thought control is the most important. In life, you will be held accountable sexually, even for your sexual attitudes. Um, Rape is a terrible sin and a terrible crime, but rape that originates in the mind is a great sin and a crime too because it also violates um, humane love and humane lust. Sexual misconduct is fucked up.